bright light said it gonna set my soul, gonna set my soul on fire. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 152 of Squared Circle Gazette Radio. I am Liam O'Rourke alongside Luke Edwards. Several days later, still jet lag. And Kieran O'Rourke. I don't know what day it is. <laughs> and we are back this week to talk about All Elite Wrestling's first ever pay-per-view, first ever show of any kind, Double or Nothing, from uh, Saturday, May 25th from the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. We did, of course, attend live in person. Uh, this will be the second time that we try and record this show. We went through the trouble of taking the laptop and the microphones out there live, only for it to crash that night. Uh, so this is a redo. However, we do have the added benefit of seeing it live and now the television version too. So uh, this should give some extra perspective, which will be a lot of fun here today. Um... Just a little bit of housekeeping before we get into the swing of things, obviously. If you haven't heard of our podcasts before, you can go to our archive at squaredcirclegazette.com where we archive every show we've ever done. Leave us a review on iTunes. You can catch us on uh, Facebook at facebook.com slash scgradio. And uh, we will, obviously, of course, we return to our uh, 5 for 5 series in the very near future, the brainchild of you, Mr. Luke Edwards. So I'm very glad that we got you here for this show. I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah, I could, I've got a claim to fame, finally. <laughs> I've earned that. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, they're live and in person, fellas, for Double or Nothing. Uh, very, very monumental show with a lot of interesting stuff to talk about. Having, I, I actually do, This is, you mentioned it was a blessing in disguise, Kieran, to have seen this show on television as well as the live version. I kind of, I'm kind of happy that it's worked out this way too. Uh, so we'll get right into the swing of things. Uh, getting there, like, and of course we've got some star cast and some other little notes to get around as well. Um, about uh, a very busy weekend. Fucking surreal weekend, A folks. very surreal weekend. Just people walking around. When you rock up to go and get your cornflakes from reception in the morning, and there's Shane Douglas, Sean Mortman, Mark Madden, and a bunch of other guys from the 90s, um, just hanging around. Well, no, did I miss that guy? What was, I, no, what I'm saying is it was Shane Douglas serving the cornflakes. I just no, no, he was no. Behind, little white hey, hat. Hey, we, uh, we he's don't, a sound like hey, Shane. We, we don't make jokes about it at Shane Douglas's expense anymore. I know you weren't there, but and this is going to be news to Carl. Yes. I'm not sure Carl will do a show again, but <laughs> Shane's all right in my book. This is a paradigm shift, ladies and gentlemen. You're witnessing a true change. You have no idea. Yeah. You have no idea. Lots of weird stuff going on all weekend long. But uh, yeah, so let's get straight to it. We're in the building. Very good seats. Uh, beautiful looking arena. Absolutely. Was, uh, they did a fantastic job with the production in terms of, as from a live perspective, with the uh, the poker chips, the ring, the set, everything just looked fucking great. Uh, watching back on television, I love the position of the announcers. I liked it at the time, actually yeah. seeing it on TV. I think it plays really well with the with the whole arena in the in the background. And uh, before the show even gets underway, we have a very pleasant surprise, <laughs> another very surreal surprise, as I look over my uh, right shoulder, and who's wandering over, Kieran? It's him. <laughs> it's him it is the one and only Dave Meltzer with a giant grin on his face and his laptop in his hand as he uh, joins the SCG crew <laughs> directly behind me which is very surreal so we got to see this historic show with Dave Meltzer commentary yeah. which was quite the experience he was so happy he loves pro oh, wrestling I just he's like a big kid he I is. love him <laughs> he's, he's, he's such a big kid when it comes to pro wrestling his reactions are awesome to everything. Uh, we'll get to some choice highlights as we get on here throughout the uh, throughout the proceedings. But the first match on the show, this is the buy-in. This is the pre-show, the one-hour pre-game to try and tempt everybody to uh, spend the $50 on pay-per-view. And we kick it off with the Casino Battle Royal. Uh, we don't have to hit any the details of the match necessarily because so many shows will have covered it by now. But general thoughts on the Casino Battle Royal standouts for you. 
the format of this and how it came off? Well, I'm never normally enamoured with battle royal style things in mm. pre-shows because it's it's just very lazy and easy to do. Um, they try to make it different using the uh, the, the, the um, deck of cards approach, which the five at a time. Yeah, just a bit as a bit of exposition here, guys. I've never watched Being the Elite until yesterday, so I had no idea. Literally, I was going to save this. Literally, I have no I had no interest in pro wrestling for the past year to eighteen yeah. months. Me, me and Luke had this discussion before. It's a bit depressing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the very first <laughs> night, and after last week, peaking. And I, oh, peaking the wrong word with raw. <laughs> I, I have had the epiphany, and it is an epiphany. It hit me like a fucking lightning from the sky. I blame Vince McMahon fifty percent for killing my interest in professional in the professional products, as well as blaming No Mark Indies. Uh, indie indie uh, promoters for not able to use my substantial talents <laughs> the way I think they should be. But from a professional, in the big grand scheme of things, their product, the WWE product, has fucking killed my interest in pro wrestling. So I apologise to everybody listening to this show because I have not been up to my high standards the last eighteen months. I felt like a passenger on the show only on it is to fill in the numbers because I could drive and get here basically <laughs> it, it is to your credit that you can drive you know? yeah. <laughs> to, to the degree I, you know, I question my own what I shouldn't even be doing this it's not about me it was Vince McMahon has fucking killed my passion for this business and I, can, I blame the, him and his company 100% and I thank you all elite I thank you Cody I thank you Young Bucks Kenny Omega Tony Khan I thank you for at least giving me hope that there's, there's an avenue that I can get my teeth into and enjoy some pro wrestling again because fuck's sake I love this weekend yeah. absolutely and I, I, I exactly the same boat I mean I stopped doing the podcast because I just didn't care about wrestling all that yeah. much anymore I couldn't I had nothing interesting to say well from the first episode I've not had anything interesting <laughs> to say but but I mean I, I went even further and uh, yeah I'm sure people listening to this are in exactly the same boat and I, I think a few of them are having that revelation right now you might have caused a car accident or two I as the, yeah exactly You're just hitting people over the head with this shit I mean it's it's a, it's a bomb of some kind, you might say. <laughs> yeah. um, but as it is, it's uh, it certainly has reinvigorated my interest in what wrestling can be again. And I always, I've always been more of a fan of the concept of wrestling than a lot of the execution that I see around me. And what I saw here was such good execution, almost almost without flaw for the most part, of people who both knew what they were doing and clearly were passionate about it and getting both of those things is absolutely key and yet depressingly rare yeah it is and I just want to say as a disclaimer as well I'm sure you know some people were saying oh well he's just marking out because he went to the show blah blah I went to fucking TNA for five years in the, in the since the inception of that company I used to go to watch it live it's nothing like that the feel of this product the environment that they found themselves in the landscape of the business and more importantly the landscape of the opposition is completely different a war is coming folks and I can't fucking wait yeah. that's why I reopened my wrestling profit account last night <laughs> my god but don't add me because I've got 69 followers and it's still fucking hilarious <laughs> yeah so uh, the casino battle royal obviously we oh, yeah. the, the big thing off the chest MJF's a star yeah we say I don't normally yeah. he's going to be great my gripes aside this was the, I thought it came across better on TV um, with the, being able to put focus on individual guys and not things that happened in the match um, 
Not you couldn't see as well the amount of people lying around. It was really more of yeah. a, a uh, since the first quarter of the match where Billy Gunn at one point was actually sitting on his ass in the corner <laughs> with his feet crossed, <laughs> living yes. the dream. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, MGF, yeah. Well, I mean, you could you can look in that rumble. You could see you can see potential in pretty much anyone there if they use them right. There's no there was no one in there. Okay, one, there was I almost got, no one. In I there. got some exceptions. <laughs> I'm sorry, oh, I but the, I found it was like Sunny Days, the guy the in the white costume who and the yellow face paint who was in there at the start. Who on Sunday, neither none of us could remember his fucking name. Holy shit, I'd forgotten he existed. He looks, he's, that just looks minor league. He needs yeah. to go. No, I mean th- th- there were a few minor league guys in there. I mean, it was put together. But it was put together to be fun, so it was it was a, it was a total indie battle royal. It was, I mean, Tommy fucking Dreamer aside, your head went into your hands when you oh. saw him come out. A great only hold Kieran back. It was the first time he could really lunge for Dreamer. <laughs> we were we were pretty close. He could have lunged for Dreamer, so I had to really hold him back there. I did get the twinkle in my eye of enjoyment. Sunny kiss made Dreamer eat the ass. <laughs> it's a pretty great spot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a lot happier now that I realised that Sunny Kiss is a dude. Because yeah. on the night, I thought Tommy Dreamer's probably fucking enjoying that. Yeah. I want you to understand, ladies and gentlemen, as well, that we did obviously attempt to record this podcast previously, and Kieran went on a wonderful rant about how wonderful it was, and the revelation of being dude happened on air. <laughs> and you missed that now, folks, because it's gone. It's lost to the ether. But it was so great. You've never seen Kieran happier. He was a little Meltzer at Mania. He was adorable. <laughs> it was terrific. Uh... I was going to say, in terms of other things, that stand, I thought, and I was just saying this, but I thought the people who looked like stars or potential stars, who kind of stood out to you? Hangman, obviously, he's the guy that gets the win yeah, here. Yeah, Hangman, I mean, I love Hangman. He's got a great look. Um, he's talented. He, he's going to be a star. He's not there yet with his personality. He's very he's very timid still. Mm. Um, but he's so young. Uh, but he, he will be a star. Brian Jr. will be a star. Yeah. <laughs> Just, you couldn't miss him. You he, could not miss the, him. The mullet, the blonde mullet, the fucking gear, he looked like a star. Yeah. As soon as he came out and he just like, arms out, it's like, that's a star. I didn't, the, the one thing that's actually funny, because I listened to the Jim Cornette podcast right before we started, and Cornette is not, he thinks this show, he, double or nothing, he said half the show was double, half the show was nothing. He categorized this into nothing. He's just like, it's it's for a fucking world title match. You've got Marco Stunt, who looks like a kid, and the legless man. Well, <laughs> oh. I'd agree with that. I'd agree with putting, I mean, the, it, that was the throwing together element of it, just making it for the, the more contender guy because it's going to be Paige. Yeah. Um, you don't really think you want him, th- that kind of, um, those guys on the whole, apart from maybe three of them anywhere near the world title so it's your problem with battle royals of any kind though which is you've got to put something on the line and now because of the royal rumble thing it's like this is all you can do this is every battle royal is for this kind of thing and and obviously you're only going to get certain people who stand any chance in the first place the weird thing with this show going in because i went in almost as blind as kieran um going in almost as blind as kieran i i didn't know for sure as they came out who was actually in contention and who wasn't you know mm. because obviously you don't get Hangman until the end and unlike these two I, 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 I'm I, a little cold on Hangman still he didn't show me anything really on this show now I haven't seen the pre-show back the, uh, the, 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 uh, the footage I managed to get hold of was the actual show itself so I don't know how this came across on camera but like I say from my seat for most of what I saw with Hangman was he looked fine I guess I, you know what I mean it's just but he didn't get the opportunity to really show much at all um, like compared to MJF and a fair few other a few like um, Pillman he didn't make when Pillman hits that ring 
he immediately looks like a star and and Paige still looks like a star in the but most of that is just the audience reaction to him because they know something I don't mm. evidently yeah. okay whereas Pillman is bright and glowy and shiny whereas um, like I say Hangman Page is is blonde dude in black and there are he, several of them on this show yeah, he's, he's very, his, his personality his presentation is very timid as well isn't it yeah, yeah exactly very quiet and I was yeah, like okay yeah. that, that's, cowboy. that's yeah. fine but I need him to cut a fucking promo so I can understand that it's but then like I say because of the situation it's a bit of a fucked up situation with him on this show overall yeah. I think maybe if it had worked out the other way I, I actually I haven't gone and watched that hangman pack match I should, I'm going to do that when this podcast wraps because I've been promising myself that still other than that like I say several people I found thoroughly entertaining though and I liked that it wasn't just overbooked spot 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 or at least it didn't feel that way live maybe Mm. the cameras tracked it in such a way that it came across that way on screen but it didn't feel too contrived although Jesus Christ the amount of people going out under the bottom rope and stuff I kind of figured AEW wouldn't do that well, this is the thing. It's quite funny where it's like, you know, this was every battle royal I've ever seen. Although they did try and, you know, spice it up with some bizarre little things that, to be quite honest, some of them got on camera, some of them didn't. I didn't even realise until fucking we watched it on TV that at one point Jimmy Havoc stapled a lit cigarette yeah. to oh, the yeah. head of Joey Janela. Yeah, that was great. I saw that bit. Yeah. Nobody listens to me when I'm yeah, talking yeah, about, I evidently. <laughs> I completely missed that yeah, live. I completely missed that live. Because at the same time, Glacier's doing the mist to the the, the, the guy in, in white. To so be fair, I know which one I'd be focused on in that position. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Joe Janelle almost dies going through a table. That was another uh, highlight, I suppose. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. What about Luchasaurus? I don't like the name that much. I don't like the name. I like his look. I like the look, too. He, uh, he's a little bit lanky, for lack of a better word. Mm. Uh, you know what I mean? It's like, hey, great, you've got a tall guy on the roster that will prove useful because a lot of the guys on this roster are vaguely the same size and vaguely the same body shape and you get, but he's re- Luchasaurus wrestling a very different style but I've seen enough indie tall guys who do choke slams for me to be very concerned although like <laughs> I say well by the end of the match he pretty much won me over yeah but like I say the, the choke slam is one of those moves that is God, oh yeah, if you're over six foot five, you should probably just do a choke slam. Because, you know, they like that. <laughs> they like that. They do. They pop for that. You should do that. It's Alex Shane. It's Alex Shane, I think. <laughs> God, I'm sorry. I'm so fucking sorry. Uh, so, we move from this point. Uh, we get the backstage deal with the two librarians that I could have done without, to be frank. The more I think about it, the more I. I yeah, that wasn't. That, that no, shouldn't have no, been there. No, no. Although, like I say, that's, uh, that's the part that really kicked it for me that, that there was at least some understanding of humour there not the librarians themselves but the the camera zoom in at the end which is like if it was a WWE skit and it felt like a fucking WWE skit for a little while there they the actual camera zoom in on um, Kylie, Ray. Kylie Ray at the end was funny I mean it was legitimately funny because of her performance and also because of the zoom and that did elevate it slightly above WWE fair and so I don't well Fair. in the sense of it's like I, I'm I'm watching this skit it's not doing anything for me and then that little zoom at the end is like oh okay you might actually get comedy mm. and um, well, I guess we'll see gives you hope the Cody Dustin video package is tremendous tremendous I'm watching this back on TV and, and again being then divorced from, uh, in the building I loved it Oh, we, the bit you've never seen goosebumps ripple through a crowd like that fucking video. That was the thing. It's like that when that video happens and it's that one shot, and when you see it again on TV, it hits you against like the shot where it's the three of them with like Dusty, Dustin, and Cody from the the WWE match with the yeah. I think it was post Shield match. Um, it was just so awesome, and that just like they, again, as you said on the day, Kieran didn't even need any words in the video. No. Like they they barely had to say. They set a little bit of setup, 
at the start, and it's just footage of them and the the history, and it's like fucking this is great. And again, this filled me with hope for the TV show because like if they just keep it simple, it's like simplicity. They get simplicity. Just show us, tell us what you're supposed to think. That's all there is to it. They didn't need these big, elongated, verbose, verbally ornate horseshit promos to Where, explain yeah, anything. Everyone speaks using the same lexicon. Yeah, yeah. people got podcasts for that these days. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, not needed. <laughs> not needed. None of it. <laughs> but uh, and then we go to uh, Kip Sabian and Sammy Guevara. Sammy, I like. Got potential. Bit needs to come out of his shell a little bit more. Yeah, I, I, a strange thing with that. Uh, just this morning, I watched a uh, somebody wandering around Starcast with a camera kind of thing, and um, it was interesting to see a load of bits that I missed. But uh, one of them was Sammy standing there, looking like a guy in yeah. the most guyy kind of way, to the point where seriously, like the camera pans past him, you wouldn't notice it was him until the camera goes back and focus on like, oh shit, yeah, I saw him wrestle. He was really good. I liked him, but. God, just, just uh, a bit more oomph, please. Anything, anything. Yeah. He just looked like a, he literally just a guy walking around with his rucksack and, and, and sleeve the shirt on. I'm like, oh. was he wearing the panda head? No, no, uh, well, no. Yeah. You see, that's the thing, though. That's the thing. It's like, dude, just wear that at Stark. Anything. Yeah. To put anything. this into context. Put this into context. Yes. Uh, SCU are there, suit and booted all they through look them, fucking great. looking like the stars. Shit. And Brian Junior walking around in a fucking kimono. Yeah, <laughs> with a bum bag and his mullet out yeah. proudly. Just noticed him. <laughs> yeah, chased him off. <laughs> but again, and this is a, this is a, a funny little tip we got from Meltzer. But, and this is before Jericho cancelled his Starcast appearance the next day. By the way, I love that. He, can, he cancelled the talk he's Jericho was supposed to do. He had, Meltzer had said to us that Jericho had gone out of his way to not be at Starcast mm. at all. Didn't want, stayed in a completely separate area. Didn't want to be seen by anybody because he was conscious of being cheered anyway. And thought if he if he you know hangs around and does you know nice rah-rah stuff that it'll kind of affect him again the different mentalities of a pro and Joko was such a pro on this show compared to a Sammy who's on the pre-show and still has time you know where he needs to yeah to be fair he's a, he's a kid he is a kid and in terms of to be fair to him to be fair to all those guys who aren't Jericho they're going to those things desperate to be seen mm-hmm. and or desperate to just, just uh, uh, you'd say yeah, okay you should be fucking in gear you should be in character more and you should be working it more but I, I, at the same time I do get it I get the, their temptation but fuck, come on boys act like stars that's it, that's it. It's like, it, it to me it would be harder to not swallow it if we hadn't seen Pillman walking around looking like a star and SCU looking like stars like but, there are people that get this concept and actually, even then you look at the older generations who aren't you know dressing up or anything but they still have an aura about them Arn Anderson Arn fucking Anderson Arn Anderson when we saw Arn Anderson walking through the corridor at Starcast he wasn't I don't, I don't know I can't even think of the word I've saunter had, I, he wasn't even a saunter glide oh god I, I, I stagger it wasn't even a strut it was a stri- it was a stride a stride. Stride. stride striding in Arn Anderson's style looking deceptively tall deceptively, deceptively thick. thick very thick and it's like this guy would kill every- you said it didn't you Kieran yeah. this guy would kill anybody at Starcast anybody in a fight here. anybody in this I would trust this man to watch my back in a fight with anyone in this building right now yeah because no one would go near you because he just he just looked like a guy who knows how to handle his shit? Yeah, and and he and he, and he carries himself as yeah. such, and that's the thing. That and I said this before. I, I wanted to see people carry themselves as stars on this show. Who's mm-hmm. going to carry himself like a star? Because this isn't just 
a show where you're doing matches. This is going to be a TV show where you need to project stardom. So I was really looking for, looking out for that, and uh, it was good to see in some. Surprised Sabian won, to be quite honest, but I guess because he's the only Brit on the show, yeah. they kind of want to do something to kind of fluff the UK crowd. I like Kip. Yeah. I think I think he's very talented. I, I like his... I like his swag. He's 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 a really cocky little motherfucker. But he needs to be healed to be doing that. Yeah. Um, which unfortunately they don't. It seems like they don't. Well, he was pushed as the hometown oh, hero. They, they don't give heels. Um. Well, I, I don't think. <laughs> no, it's not true. I know. I'm kidding. But it's, uh, still, only halfway though. Most of the show is kind of this, like, that ambiguous line. Yeah. Of... yeah. But I mean, Sammy is. Sammy's an ambiguous heel. He's a heel. He's just he's a dick. He's a flashy things. Unfortunately, he was he was he was wrestling like the baby face, which it, is kind exactly. of funny. it really bugged me if I'm yeah. honest because it's like it's very clear from the entrances and, and the start of the match who the heel is in this match, but they give all of the high spots to Sammy, and there yeah. are some good fucking high spots. He's really great in the ring. He's like I say, all the star stuff I'm talking about, he's got in the ring. Mm-hmm. I absolutely no problem. It's he's just some, outside of that. Exactly, Sammy's got some swagger to him that feels yeah. like he's going to grow into oh, him yeah. in time, and he's going to be something you. great. Yeah. Don't you? Yeah. And then, but the ma- whole match seemed to be about giving Sammy everything, and then Kip gets the flute so that, so that Kip, Kip can like, win, and I they s- both get yeah, it. I saw it and we, yeah, I saw it as well. You're, I'm going over, so you get the the, the high spot with the shooting star, yeah, the yeah. guillotine. So, yeah, there you go. I guess I say for a pre-show match. Hey, why not? Yeah, yeah, not bad, not bad. No near falls. Didn't blow the load here with it. With that was stuff. weird. I <laughs> like that. I like the way the show was laid out for a show that was this long. We'll, we'll talk about it, but. Uh, the only thing other than that on the pre-show is the, uh, the the Being the Elite video pops up and you get the cameo with Pharaoh in the car and Nick super kicking a backstage worker and Kenny Omega just giving us a thumbs up. <laughs> and then they come out and do the rah-rah speech to start the show. Uh, we kick off the actual show with SCU against uh, the OWE contingent of uh, the Strong Hearts, Shima, L. Lindemann and T-Hawk. In addition to the great Dave Meltzer sitting behind us and giving us a running commentary, we had a a array of um, Chinese slash Japanese individuals in front of us who, when ODB came on the video wall, turned around, looked directly at us and said, that's us. <laughs> they were pretty great. They were awesome. <laughs> All these, credit to any of them if they're listening. They were these guys great. are in suits. They look the fucking business. You know what? That's so true. Is they looked so professional. They did. Compared to everyone else went starcast. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. They looked the business, and uh, and they were they were loving this show too at various points. And we'll, we'll get to some of the, the more humorous ones <laughs> later on. But they obviously they're into this match. They're filming this match, and this show. This, this I thought this is the, they couldn't have picked a better match to no, start the show. This with is the this. best opener they could have pulled. SCU mm. or hot act that people really are into some fucking awesome guys from OWE Shima I've loved forever he's so great I love me some Shima L Lindemann is going to be great he's great already but in three years he's going to be fucking exceptional and T-Hawk watching it back on TV live T-Hawk was the least standout guy absolutely agree with that yeah watch it on TV he comes off much better yes definitely just comes off really fucking smooth and slick but a lot of that is, is Shima kind of pulling the spotlight even when he's not in the ring because yeah. in the, the TV it follows the guy in the ring more but Shima just standing on the apron your is sometimes drawn. the greatest yeah. thing in the world he's so good at drawing your attention which can be a detriment to matches in potential luckily everyone in the match was great anyway yeah. but uh, he, he's that guy's got magnetism this was interesting after uh showing this match to my uh, fiance who and, and it's kind of getting you know, again who like you big wrestling fan but has massively fallen out of it and actually like this being the first match where it's all action and it's like this is what this 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 drew her in and it's just like and again there's other people who you know watching this match what a great first impression this match made and that was like fucking we said it in the building like this they couldn't have picked a better match they simply couldn't have picked a better match Daniels looked ace 
in he's this match. He's not lost a step. He's fucking brilliant. I don't know how he's still doing that moonsault, by the way. Uh, no, we, we, he doesn't age, so you know there's no <laughs> yeah. reason that he shouldn't do a moonsault. He's fabulous. Scorpio Sky, like a bolt in that guy's legs. He's, yeah. Again, oh, oh, his vertical leap is nuts. Insane. He looked yeah. amazing in a suit as well. I'll, I'll give him he that. did look suave. He did look slick in a suit. Well, always give a man props when he looks good in a suit this guy looked good in a suit Kaz was in great shape which Dave Meltzer oh, yeah. noted it was, it was, uh, was I think it was Kaz was Meltzer talking about he Frankie was. I, thought, yeah, he I was. thought he was talking about Shima no he was talking about Frankie oh, was he? he was saying he's, the best, he's, in the best shape, he's in the best shape at 41 they've ever seen him in oh, okay. yeah, he so, yeah yeah fair but yeah rave reviews for this uh, I guess right team won since they are the uh the app they're going to be using more frequently, I suppose. But I'm Shima's in, so I'm, I'm glad that uh, we're going to be seeing oh, a lot more good. of him. Yeah. Uh, moving on now, we get the first women's match on the show where it's uh, Kylie Ray, Britt Baker, and Nyla Rose. Brandy Rose comes out in the knee pads, fools us all. Yeah, yeah, no. Bring, if you're going to work it, work the knee pads with it. Brings in awesome <laughs> you know And I'm also going to say, just because I'm going to take every shot I can to piss on the WF, how engaging and charming Brandy comes across yeah. with a lovely smile yeah. the polar opposite of the wicked witch from Connecticut herself <laughs> fuck off Stephanie gen- gen- yeah there's a sense of genuineness if that's a word yeah. with uh, with Brandy which I really like but uh, yeah and Kylie Ray won me over on the entrance <laughs> yeah. to be honest oh she, she was great slides in the ring and does the dead fish that amused me immediately it's like yeah and she's a really good bumper she's, yes yeah, she's, she was excellent um mm wasn't expecting to like her whatsoever after the, the op- promo after it's the like, promo yeah. and it's like I don't you're an insufferable I, I'm not someone who likes smiling at the best of times so this is I'm not, I'm not sure I can stomach this and then she was great yeah. she's all great she was funny um, awesome Kong gets added to the match obviously of course uh, yeah, of course and Kong another great example of somebody who didn't really do all that much in the actual match and probably really couldn't do that much I'm guessing is the reason why mm. but uh in terms of carrying herself and presence and facial expressions and oh, the way to look facials. around. The facials on the show as a whole, to be fair. Yeah, Daniels earlier on, who's just great. Shima, who's Shima awesome. Shima, who's great. You've got Kong, you've got... And I, I, I mean, I, only some of them even came across on camera because you've got a lot of multi-man matches. You've got a lot of multi-person matches on this show. But, I mean, the facials were just great. And it's lucky sitting on hard cam side, really, yeah. is we got all of them. Yeah. And they, they were just fantastic. I, I was going to wax lyrical over Awesome Kong but she's not Aja Kong no she's not <laughs> I love that point. woman no. that's a fair point they I didn't get all in the right order <laughs> I didn't have to tell you I actually saw Aja Kong the next day at the oh. Starcast panel I saw all, all the all the Japanese women were like went to the green room and they were walking oh. through Aja Kong walks like an 80 year old man with no hips really? she walks with this really awkward waddle <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see how she takes it I opted not to break that news to her when I, when I saw her but uh, yeah so uh, Britt Baker wins That's the she's the one that obviously they, they, they are highest on I believe so yeah it's fine it's perfectly good yeah I had no problems with this a, a, a match that didn't set the world on fire was probably in terms of heat probably the low point of the show to Still. be quite honest but Felt bad for, uh, was it Rose? Nyla Rose, yeah. <laughs> ah, we have the big person in this match. Oh, she's no longer the big person in this match. <laughs> so fun. what is she? She's nothing she's anymore. Shit Although, yeah. to be fair, I mean, as far as, like, they're putting a lot of effort in, she was. They're, they're, they're bumping and stuff, and, uh, yeah, impact. Nice. Yeah, so, but I just, yeah, you're poor, right. She, poor girl. <laughs> she, she, she was really kind of nubbed over here yeah. in, her, in her position, but there you go. Um, yeah, so there you go. Uh, moving on to the third match of the show is the first tag match that we get. It's Angelico and Jack Evans against the best friends, Chuck Taylor, one of my favourites, uh, team with Beretta. 
the entrance video for the best friends is splendid with the dogs playing yeah, in the field and a, a ball it's a close one a bulldog licking his lips I admire that kind of thing um, as a match I remember Angelico was a bit of a standout in a bad way oh yeah um, I just first of all the colours yeah yeah what the hell way different colours guys not not Jack and Angelico the, the rival teams too, yes. too much the neon, friends too much neon um, and but Angelico he yeah quite vacuous with his expressions they stood out like a sore thumb yeah. looked super nervous looked as nervous as Alex Marvez sounded quite frankly um, well I can be you can say what you like he wasn't yeah uh, he struggled in the main in the main show I thought yeah that was in the pre-show and he was a two man booth I, I thought he did a lot better um, when it was the two of them um, so think he kind of just like shrunk in the shadow of Jim Ross uh, kind maybe of thing. Just, uh, treading on each of his toes what was their role three, like, three guys in babyface roles you got Excalibur's there calling the moves and dropping background knowledge I guess on their indie exploits of guys um, Marvez kind of doing that also kind of acting as, as the Segway guy um, also calling moves and trying to spot and give narrative that's going on in, in matches but that was also JR's role I guess and, they and JR's better at it frankly. on top yeah um, it took it took about three or four matches the commentary to really settle down and I thought in settling down it was Marvez taking a massive back step and when he took a back seat he see, his confidence was, was, seemed shot mm. and, and he seemed so conscious every time he was speaking and he was going too long he was conscien- conscious of being too wordy but was still being wordy he, I don't think he had a good night it, it, was, it was unfortunate but I mean you know I've heard worse Oh, the, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like well, it's better to be the guy taking the back seat than be the you know. Oh, we need a heel on this team because there's three of them. Mm. We should have a heel comment. Well, if you got know. three of them, one of them should be a heel. Maybe, but not well, him, least, obviously. Least, and and uh, given the three they've got, I don't really think you'd necessarily. I mean, you. Well, you I wouldn't have any of them as a heel. You don't. Well, don't you don't have three then? Yeah, I wouldn't have three. There's, you don't have to have three. I think Alex's best spot, to be honest, is going to be if if they really wanted to do like a sports like presentation. Alex Pop is. Yes. He he is the, he is the pundit. He's the guy who you bring in or throw to for some like different type of analysis. Well, that's what I meant by him being the segue guy. When he seemed to be the most fluid anyway on 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 the you know the segways to the, the videos. And yeah, stuff. totally. So and someone's got to do that. Um, I just what you don't need a three man team if if they're all going to do the same job. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, that reminds me, Ali was fucking terrible on commentary. Who joined uh, joined the women's match. She was not good. Completely forgotten oh, about, was, about that. Yeah. She, yeah, she never needs to do that again. Yeah. Um, anyway, get back speaking to the- of people who shouldn't be doing that again, and Helico. <laughs> um, <laughs> the match itself was pretty good. I mean, there was a lot of stuff where it was like, sort of from a psychology perspective, there really wasn't any. <laughs> yeah, it was just a I bunch of me. moves and, and action. But again, it you know served its purpose in terms of being exciting in that regard Jack Evans had a good night so. I think you had a yeah well yeah uh, well he's not dead so that's a start yeah. I suppose um, I don't know I, I found that match to be a very odd one because I I don't know what role it was really filling you know it's like there's already a, a big excitey high fly tag match on there technically two because one's a six man as well that's pretty much doing very similar stuff anyway and so this match just kind of happened and I can say I I didn't. It's the only match in the show that I felt didn't add anything. I didn't find a single thing in there that because I would I, that women's match we talked about wasn't the greatest thing in the world, but I would have missed it if it wasn't there because it's you got to see a few people like um, like Kylie Ray go. Oh, you know she's going to be good. She's she's already really quite good. You get to this one, I'm like, 
that's a bunch of people I've seen before, even though I don't, you know, follow that much too much. And it was just there. Mm. It, it felt like a pre-show match. I'd go as far as to say it felt more like a pre-show match than Sammy Guevara's match. Than Guevara's match. Yeah. yeah, I actually thought this would have been on the pre-show. To be mm. quite honest, when they announced this match with this shit, the card, yeah. I thought that should be in the pre-show because I think that would be better served as a the match that gets people in the building, see a nice little bit of action, and then we move on to something bigger. Mm. Um, but yes, yeah. do you really want Jack, risk your late buys on Jack Evans fucking up a move? Mm. You see, I'd tune in just to see if he kills himself. Mm. <laughs> and yeah, not in a move way, just to see him depressed in the corner. He's oh. not used to it. He's not useful anymore. That's just true. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, I don't... I mean, the best friends act. I don't know what these guys are going to be when they get on television, if they're just going to be kind of like lower-card tag teams and Absolutely. just kind of fill... Yeah, fill, yeah, fill yeah, they're there just to fill a role, which is absolutely fine. And again, on this show, live in the building, it was a good match. People people enjoyed the match live on TV. Look, it's This is actually one of the rare cases, I think, of a match that was worse on TV than it was live. Live, I think this worked better because there was some good little double-team moves and good exchanges and stuff like that, and people got into it. On TV, it felt like it dragged a little bit mm. more. I mean, it felt like they just kind of went they did too many too much stuff. But uh, I thought Jack's heel work came across better on TV. Yeah, probably just because you'd hear him. Yeah, um, him, him smack talking. But he's a yeah. I like he's he's a fun little dick. Next up is the uh, six women's Joshi match. It is a Hikaru Shida, Rio, and Ryo Mizunami against Yuka Sakazaki, Emi Sakura, and Aja Kong. Great, Aja Kong. Aja Kong is the only person in Vegas on Anson was scared of. <laughs> She's awesome. She actually, All these girls are awesome. This is a great match. I love this match. I watched it back on TV. I loved it. I loved it live. Watched it on TV. Loved it. Like I watched it the first time. The girl, the girls have like an innate ability to like just get over instantly when they do something. Like Yuka Sakazaki coming out there doing a little wacky dance on the stage and stuff like that. When she's getting, I was like. This is bizarre. This yeah. is bizarre, but at least I know who she is. Yeah, you got that. Yeah, you got that. In terms of characters, you always got that Japanese kind of suspension of disbelief thing that works in their favour. But yeah. They're just good. So polished. Oh, God, yeah. It's like everything we've ever said about women's wrestling in WWE. It's, as we said, or as I said, as I tried to give the disclaimer, it's not because we're sexist, it's because we don't grade on a curve. You shouldn't have to grade on a no. curb. WWE women, on the whole, are fucking atrocious. They're not workers. Mm-hmm. You look at these girls, they're all professional workers. You see and the way they bump compare. So good. They were so good. The thing good. as well is that you, you can give credit to WWE for improving, and they have improved their women's doing so much. And then you look at. <laughs> the Japanese women have been like this for decades. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, oh, well done, WWE. You've improved your women's division uh, an X number of percent, but you are still so far away from what we can see is possible and and god that was good when was the last three <laughs> women's match that was as good as this maybe Becky and Charlotte uh, Evolution is like the closest one I can think of even in, in, within the past year uh, Oscar and Charlotte at Wrestlemania maybe one of Ronda's matches maybe it's, it's maybe. such a different thing to even judge at this point yeah, I was uh, I was very uh, Aja Kong has got such great presence and plays her role great. And the OWE guys in front of us were fucking loving Aja Kong. <laughs> they were filming her every move, and she was booting people in the back. The guy <laughs> turned around, laughed his ass off, and high five me. <laughs> he was so happy. Uh, yeah, and again, just the, the, the exchanges they back and forth were so fucking great. Rio, I thought played a blinder. She looked good. Yeah. Hikaru Shida. Carries herself really well. The, uh, the kind of the kendo stick and the, the Aja Kong little bin tray thing that she has. 
the back and forth was great there uh, Amy Secured in the Freddie Mercury stuff was pretty great and, and on TV comes off better which is doing the boom boom yes. yeah, boom good. boom and then like the whole building's rocking because obviously the, the whole, whole building camera, was rocking to be it's fair it's great man it was awesome and was a great spot on TV the blown finish wasn't as bad as it was I'd live. agree with that live yeah. it really fucking sucked the air all out of the all the wind was gone momentum Ooh. killed I would say all the momentum was gone. I thought because I thought the ref did a great job in holding it together. Yeah. Um, it was. I thought the crowd actually the ref was great. The ref, yeah, she was. She was great. She was um, awesome. I don't know. I don't know. She's but she was did another couple of matches as well. And she was awesome. Um, I thought then. I thought the guys themselves held it together because they did. They were. It was. They were on it. It was. It was more the crowd chanting "You fucked up." Yeah. The, the crowd didn't move on with the lives. The, yeah. the, the action. The story they were telling the ring had moved on. Oh, they did so. Yeah, they did. In fact, in fact, they played it brilliantly. Yeah. Because Aja Kong was holding up the three things like that should be the finish. That's it. That's it. That's it. It wasn't like a oh the finish is fucked. Let's carry on and pretend that never happened. It was no, they're playing it up like it was real, mm-hmm. which is like again night and day to the way you see some people deal with uh, with fuck ups in the ring. But again, just adds to the authenticity of it. So on TV, came off great. So uh, high marks. This is Kenny Omega's baby. I know that he wants uh, the uh, the Japanese women to be like the cruiserweights in WCW. So something completely different that no one's seen or can really compare anything to. Um, and I hope we see a lot more of this. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I know Hikaru Shida is in. She's like actually in on nice. deal. So I'm hoping that some more of these uh, these girls are going to be regulars because wouldn't mind seeing a lot more of this. Yeah. Tremendous. And speaking of seeing a lot more, and something I want to see a lot more of, Dustin Rhodes. The great Dustin Rhodes. Fucking the great Dustin Rhodes and Cody. Oh, they're both brilliant. Now, Kieran, please, since I was not in the room when it happened, I was getting a beverage. Mm-hmm. Please recount the reaction of Mr. Meltzer <laughs> oh, yes. to Cody and the throne. You know, I stole Edwards' heat to try and get myself over Dave Meltzer. Son of a bitch, I'm well, never letting you go over this. Well, so yeah, so obviously the the the, the, the uh, circle of lights, the lampshade rises up and to reveal the big stone chair, the, the throne of stone. And <laughs> what's this all about? It's a little bit weird. It's obviously a Triple H reference. Yeah. Is it going to be something dusting maybe, the way Cody's looking at it at the start there? He's, Cody's kind of inquisitive, what's going on here? Obviously, they head towards the ring, and Brandy pulls out the sledgehammer. Okay. Something's happening here. Cody grabs said sledgehammer and storms up the, up the rampart. At this point, it's obvious what he's going to do. He's going to fuck up the stone throne. Edwards informs me of this. I'm impressed. Dave Meltzer's a little confused by what's happening, so I turn around, <laughs> and I lay it down to Dave like it's my own idea. <laughs> and, uh, and he loses... Right, hold on. What volume were you laying it down to him as well, to be fair? I can't remember. You were rather enthusiastic. Was I? Oh, well, yes. He's going to smash the throne! Well done! You know what said? Very much yeah. like that. you got to... I'm a sociopath and I ad- I adapt my speech patterns to the people I'm speaking to that makes sense and sure as shit Dave Meltzer also pissed himself with excitement oh my god that's so cool <laughs> he loved that shit so yeah yeah that was tremendous still didn't juice me to his family though <laughs> <laughs> hey I love you Dave I love you Dave I'm family now <laughs> but uh yeah so we, we you know obviously awesome little touch Alliance for a Bolt with a piss ant comment from Triple H at the Hall of Fame. And isn't it funny? You fucking morons. You fucking asked for this. You dickheads. And on Raw, you fucking peen ass. You know what? Let's just get to the, the Sami Zayn thing I now. Your, I, I, yeah, your bit that you talking to me yesterday about the fucking stupidity and arrogance. The two, well, the two possibilities of what it might be, in my opinion. It's either. Well, the third thing that went through my head was the same thing that Vince Russo said. Um, luckily for me I thought it was a stupid idea before Vince <laughs> Russo said it when I heard Vince Russo had said it 
Ah, I completely discounted that idea. This being that they're in cahoots. I'm not even going to mention it. I'm not even going to mention it because <laughs> Vince Russo is a fucking cock nobbler. He's a, <laughs> no, he's a fucking fraud. Vince Russo, you fucking fraud. You've been a fraud in this business since you got your first job. So let's not pretend it's anything other than that. You know, fuck all. Now shut the fuck up and go back to opening a video shop or Blockbuster or maybe an on-demand service. Who gives a fuck to get out of the public like you fucking waste of space? You've just lost precisely <laughs> one listener. I don't know what happened. <laughs> um, if he said his name, it's not Vince Russo. He's listening for another drop, uh, name drop. <laughs> their idea to this Sami Zayn shit it's their, it is their idea don't let them tell you any other way That's, it was completely their idea to the whole gimmick it's either a setup, whereas it's going to be like a live version of Twitter where they can you know make unofficial off the cuff responses that don't represent the company line mm. when, when a fan feeds them a line using it going forward more logist, more logically it is pure and simple a short-term rating grab that they thought we'll get our name. Let's if we if if they hear it's mentioned on our show, it'll get some eyeballs. And they're so fucking arrogant, and so ig- so arrogant at the la- as to the landscape, so ignorant to what they've done to their their fan base. Even though they're obviously losing their shit because their product is deteriorating, they obviously have no conception of why that is, and they're so arrogant they think they can just break all their old rules on mentioning the opposition. Rules that Vince has had in place since he was probably like, I don't know, like 40 years ago or something mm-hmm. stupid. He had them for a reason. And you, the arrogance to think that we, they're, they're too big that they can get away with it now. And it's better to them to mention the opposition because it, be, it belittles them. They are so out of touch. That's what I mean. They are so out of touch. He, he's, his own principles of, of booking a show are now broken. And he, they are fucked. Uh, they are, this myth that competition will spur them on they are broken they are absolutely broken they cannot fix it and in 10 years time this company is going to be, their first run product is going to be exclusively aimed at under 6 year olds because that's the only simple market penetration I got on a, on a fucking TV show that's probably not doesn't exist yet because no one's going to watch they're not watching the current product and a tape library and there'll still be a tape library but their first run product and, and unless that something I don't even know Unless they go down to one show and they cut their writing staff and they get it under control and they stop booking by numbers and they focus on guys which they they, they can't they can't do it. they've changed too much they're too busy Vince is too old he's, he's they cannot do it they cannot do it and they are in serious serious trouble and they do they they don't even realise it yet no nope. the fact this is how they're reacting they don't realise it this isn't TNA the rea- yes that's that was it for me it was just so jarring when Triple H made that comment at the Hall of Fame about that pissant company and it's just like. You, that's not the way I play this and then to see him do that just again just that little reference on Raw it's like they seem oblivious to the thing that I, and I, I again I, I did say this on Sunday so for you guys Saturday even this will be repeated but the, the idea that back in the day I, again growing up I've got my perspective but there was this inherent theme that WF was always the home team for a lot of people especially yeah. in this country and then obviously when WWE kind of overtakes them and WF makes the comeback it was almost a sense of oh thank god thank god they're still okay they're still alive they're still they're not completely down and out and because of the way things have gone to for so long they've lost that home team vibe and the fact that Sky's dropped them is really emblematic of that and, oh yeah and, and isn't that and, and it's gonna get again this is gonna become a battle in this country but they're making AEW which already has the real wrestling the real wrestling fan the hard the die hard wrestling fan support for the most part it seems online at least to paint them as Bush League when everything around what's actually happening is telling people that this is not Bush League 
and t- telling people who may not know what AEW is look for AEW yeah the amount of people the, the ser- simplest the Google principle s- in pro wrestling somebody did it on, on Twitter did a minute by minute of AEW searches and they ex- on Google and they exploded when Sami Zayn mentioned it on Raw and it's like you fucking idiots you absolute fucking idiots anyway yeah Cody and Dustin this <laughs> match is, uh, this, this obviously stems from the, the whole uh, presentation the, the, the presentation the throne and all that stuff Dustin comes out people love him the yeah the, the great video everyone loves Dustin the last ride of, of Dustin Rhodes and what a match yeah. what a beautiful piece of business obviously everybody's seen this who's listened to this so we're going to Dustin selling yeah. as great as it was on TV I thought it came off better live oh he was he was so good live. he was so so he this guy he, he wasn't a legend before he was he's he's, he's a Mikada mm-hmm. he's a career Mikada he came across like a legend in this match yeah. and they could present him as their legend and he would he will back it up 100% because this he's if he's this good all the time his facials he's selling I mean th- I will say his gimmick has if he wrestles and he wants to do epic matches he's got to bleed every time yeah. he's got to become dusty he's got to become respect. dusty yeah, yeah which well, some people will frown upon but fuck me he was good at it <laughs> he sure was <laughs> it's not the bleeding it's the, the, uh, his facials it was so oh my god so beautiful so wonderful all the way through this his body was... language when he's bleeding his body language of like at some points is kind of like not necessarily backing away but it's kind of arms out to kind of try and gauge what's going on and throwing the punch missing and taking a bump and stuff like that it's like oh my god I love watching you wrestle I love watching your work yeah. and uh, and Cody had a great night and you're becoming a big fan huh god damn Cody Rose might be my favourite wrestler now between this <laughs> between this and watching um, being the elite for the first time last night that guy has got so much charisma on that show I fucking love it so much oh my god that, it, that is so up my street of what I pop for and the sense of humour I, god damn I love it so much it's a real disturbing part of my mind that is always going to be mocking me saying uh, yeah your favourite match of this year is probably going to end up being Cody versus Goldust two guys <laughs> I couldn't have given a shit yeah. about yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know um, especially Cody in this instance yeah. it's like I never saw what some people saw in Cody at all and I'm going to have to go watch Being the Elite and all these things and I'm going to have to put the research in which is <laughs> like, god damn it I have to put the research in to like you I don't want to have to do that yeah. but it's not like he could show anything in WWE they never gave him that chance never gave him that opportunity but just from this one show he is the best hype man ever I mean <laughs> he does that it's just so fucking good like you guys saw it in the pre-show and as I say that we had a post-show one which is very similar and um, yeah I, I, he is a person I would follow yeah. you know he, he has these leadership characteristics which are just like I, I get why you are where you are right now and I never had the opportunity to see a single one of those traits in you for X number of years and that's really damning that's it you know what I mean it I, really it's, because it, to, to this to me is like knowing that he's had this in him the whole time is more damning of WWE than it is anything about Cody it's like I always knew that a motivated Dustin Rhodes is great we've seen him because for years because he's yeah, been you know. great in those little bursts where he's fucking brilliant yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean but I just 
never seen it in Cody and it's like god man who else in WB might be really good and we'll never <laughs> fucking know I'll tell you it's not Ty Dillinger but mm. anyway, who else in WB might be great or might have even come and gone and we never saw any of those potential things and that's going to keep me awake at night. that's really fucking depressing but isn't it funny Cody Rose who they released they let, they let him go Yasser was released and they let him go because he had no fucking value. He's but, Cody Rhodes. Exactly. <laughs> and then you see, again, the thing that I was looking for, the poise, the way he carries himself when he walks down the aisle. It's like, that guy's a fucking superstar. Superstar. And, he, and, he, and, and this isn't the first time. He, all in when he came down the aisle, he carried himself the same yeah. way. And Ring of Honor, before that, when he was the heel world champion, he was carrying himself the same way. He's a super, super character, a super heel. But it's just one of those things that over time, you're seeing him grow into this more. I it's the confidence. Yeah, of course confidence. it is. But it's like, it's that thing, that... that self-awareness that you can project this way and it's so great to see and the thing that's beautiful is a match like this then works perfectly when he's got confidence in his, in his ability to perform like that because he was so great in this match and they, like, it would have been so easy for Dustin to have completely overshadowed him and I didn't think he did no. I thought this was a two-man match this was a two-way street I thought they were but Dustin was in my book the better performer but you're always going to be drawn to him because he's fucking bleeding everywhere he's bleeding and he's really the story of the match anyway. even yeah. though it's the Rhodes Brothers match there's only one of them might be retiring but that's it but also Cody knew not to overshadow yeah. in any way he, he played his role yeah. in the match perfectly yeah and of course Cody gets the win after a shitload of near falls crowd went crazy for the fucking code red from Goldust yeah. <laughs> which is just like you know, a couple of like unexpected news. a near fatality on the superplex it wasn't that bad he just kind of came out I think it's like Cody jumped while Dustin was trying to get his bearings or something like that on the ropes and it was just like oh Christ it looked a little awkward on, on, the, on the, uh, leaving the top but uh, yeah. the impact they were it fine. was kind of comparable to something we later saw in the main event but in, in this way it, it, you didn't lose the momentum no uh, in of course the main event issue was kind of it wasn't that much more extreme but you did yeah, but no, and people were so into this, wouldn't have given a shit. But and also, hey, if it looks dangerous, it fucking adds to the match. So as, we're all good. As soon as Dustin starts bleeding, I, that's the thing. We mentioned this the other night. The fact that about this match, that I love. They didn't do anything that was all that spectacular or special. They did, I mean, there were some cool things in there, but it wasn't like it was good because the the shit was cool. It was great because the fucking timing and the psychology and the stuff that's worked forever. The valet gets thrown out, huge pop. Dustin's bleeding, immediate sympathy. The figure four and the figure four being reversed. It's like it's just the pieces being put in this position with the two people you got. So much fun. Cody wins, and then we get and okay. Live, <laughs> yeah. This was annoying. This hurt physically because, as great as this was on television, and it did come off great on television, when Cody leaves the ring live, they show on TV. They're showing the replays, and this was bothering us because we were like, "Fucking show the ring, yeah. show the ring." So obviously, we can see we can on see the, the replay. Yeah, we can see the video. Yeah. yeah, we can see the replays being shown on the screen. But in the ring, Dustin is on his knees, his hands to his face, his shoulders moving slightly because he's crying. It was really Because he lost. Powerful. It was so then powerful. He, then he scoots around. He scoots around. The crowd starts giving him the big fucking stand ovation and Dustin's waving gingerly. And he slightly undoes one boot lace. Yeah. And at this point, everybody goes, no. And Dave no. Meltzer actually pisses himself slightly. Uh, <laughs> it was beautiful. Well, we got there's a, there's a punchline to that. Oh. Mm-hmm. But, but... Cody comes in and again on TV you didn't really get to see that Dustin was undoing his boots so it kind of was like they're kind of telling us after the fact that there's something going on here Jim Ross on TV was fucking fantastic in this match by the way mm, yeah. he was so great I, I, by the end of this match I was like Jim Ross for stuff like this 
is I thought he had a really good show actually in all Jim Ross there's one moment before this when he didn't know where we were going next where he was not so good <laughs> and Alex Marvez had to tell him it's Cody and Dustin next Jim uh, but anyway during the match Ross was awesome and obviously we get the moment where it's the I need my older brother the great speech from Cody and the fucking hug the place fucking blows tears are running down uh, tears are, are in the air folks look to your left there is a person uh, crying look to your right there's someone crying there was, there was, uh, it what, really was was there that many people crying I, I, saw, I, saw I looked all around one person cry yeah did you cry? I did. You did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, but I was wise enough to turn it away from you. Dave was very emotional. He was. He loved it. He loved it. It was great. He was so caught up. He was caught up into the whole show, but he was so caught up into this. And we're watching this, and he's just like, "This is flare and dusty. This is a flare and dusty match." And it was. Yeah, it was. It really was. So, kudos. It just shows that that can still work on a show which otherwise has a, a very distinct uh, style that runs through all of its matches this shows that you can do that in do this match in AEW without a single crazy ass high spot when your biggest high spot is Earl Hetner yelling at a woman I mean that's <laughs> that's your that's your biggest crazy spot in the match and that's great yeah and so it, I, uh, joyful yeah just joyful great stuff I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> we move now to the world title presentation Jack Whitehall is in the ring I thought you were joking when you said that I know you told me earlier in the, sh- <laughs> earlier in the week Jack Whitehall's here he's a, he's a friend of someone or he's a fan Tony Khan yeah is he I, I thought you were joking when you said that's him in the ring I, I, it didn't click whatsoever it, that's <laughs> so, so weird to me yeah introduces he added nothing <laughs> well this is the thing so we'd heard I'd heard rumblings of the name Bret Hart from our, uh, our buddy behind us <laughs> earlier in the show yeah, thanks Dave yeah <laughs> and then when the World Title presentation comes on the screen and I can't help but notice that the lights <laughs> above the ring are all pink <laughs> it's like hmm this might be the spot this was supposed to be Ric Flair originally um, yeah to, to, to show the world title that makes sense but um Bret comes out and kind of Awkwardly makes his way through the speech. Come oh no! Before he even got in the ring, I, you're looking at him going, "Well, either that title weighs half a ton, or he can barely function." Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty bad. He's walking like Stu at the end of Wrestling with Shadows, oh, unfortunately, God, and it won't get any better after the show either, from what I hear. Um, so Brett gets to the ring. Hangman comes out after Brett announces him a title match. Maybe next month. Maybe the month after. <laughs> I'm rusty at this. When we get around to it, yeah. <laughs> rusty. And then MJF comes out and steals the... Pretty much, I don't say steals the show, but certainly steals the scene. Yeah. Just kind of left Hangman with his dick in his hand here. As he just it. hits, again, pretty much every kind of cliche heel line. Not, I mean, with the exception Absolutely of the... True. With the exception of the Bret Hart, <laughs> watch out, there's a fan in the ring, which was awesome, and the Sea Biscuit comments. Yeah. It wasn't massively creative stuff, just calling the fans white trash hicks, which delivery is so good. We've heard this a million times, but the delivery was so good, and the timing in particular was so perfect. Because it's it's the kind of thing you've heard in uh, heard on SmackDown a dozen times from people like the Miz and stuff. Except he's this was not JBL. waiting. Yeah, but he's not waiting for uh, he's not waiting for commercial to finish and shit like that. So the comedy was able to flow so much better yeah. from him, which. Uh, yeah, I liked him. And then we he get the good. we get Jungle Boy making a cameo and good Jimmy Havoc making a cameo too. Uh, I'm st- I'm still waving hot and cold on whether this is a good idea or not. I don't. I wouldn't have done it in that spot. Neither do I. Not, not around the world title. 
Yeah, mm. it, it brought it brought Hangman down. It didn't. That's what I. It feel. didn't. It didn't. It didn't. After being in the battle royal, I think Hangman need to be separated from those guys. He needed to focus. Yeah. You see, here's the thing, though. I, I kind of got that segment as they are separating X number of people from the, the battle royal. Yeah. So you're getting Jimmy Havoc in his gear where he doesn't look like a meth head uncle, and uh, so he looks pretty fucking great for a bit. And you've got Jungle Boy. It's like, yeah, Jungle Boy was over in Jungle the, Boy's in the great. Like, Jungle Boy is going to get so over. He is going to get teenage great. girl. Yeah. Exactly. Perfect. And the so, son of Luke Perry, of course, is going to be a heartthrob. Fair. Absolutely fair. But you got all these guys there, and it's like, ironically, when I'm looking at it, it's like uh, the only person I wasn't rooting for was Hangman Page, because <laughs> I don't know who the fucking guy is, and he still didn't do anything. So it's like, yeah. okay, great. And then Bret Hart pulls out the the, uh, the belt, which looks Oh, beautiful. did he? Did he do that? Well, I couldn't not... see. <laughs> Said it's back to his style. On, on TV, oh, yeah. it was better because yeah. they could follow him yeah, around. Yeah. So, but... live it was yeah, kind of funny. Live, was... live, we were conditioned to being serviced like the hard cam yeah, at this exactly. point, so we weren't happy. No. On, Brett, service us. Brett was kind of squinting into the distance, trying to figure out where he was, yelling at clouds. I mean, it's you know, Brett Hart. I love him. I love Brett. Again, he makes it to the backstage area and falls down the stairs and gets to the curtain. Unfortunately. No flashlights back there. And, uh, <laughs> to be fair, DDP nearly fucking fell off the he stage. Did. He went the wrong way, didn't he? In the, uh, in the previous match. That was uh, Brandy, yeah. also hilarious. Maybe that explains why uh, all of um, Jack and uh, Jack Evans and that, those crew were wearing the neon. Mm. Oh, so they could find gear. their way. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that makes sense now. I mean, to be fair, they were probably the ring crew as well and driving the trucks. So why not? <laughs> uh, moving on now, the Triple A tag team titles, apparently. Triple A! The Young Bucks in their fine Elvis duds against Phoenix and Pentagon Jr., my favourite tag team. Yeah, they're fucking great. They are pretty wonderful. Their entrance is awesome. They look fucking great. Their work is fantastic. Phoenix was awesome in this match and I'm, I love Pentagon yeah. but Phoenix was awesome Phoenix. in this match so uh, this was this was the the first after, there was so much emotion in the Cody Dustin match that from a live crowd perspective while the crowd was still into what was going on that absolute fever pitch enthusiasm it was had quelled somewhat because so much emotion had been brought out of us in the Cody match yeah but having said that on television this came off great this came off yeah, so absolutely. fucking good as good as this was live I think this was better on TV I comple- it was much easier to follow on TV because yeah. they were doing so much stuff and also once again like you've got despite two guys being in a mask the facials were still great which meant that you end up with this thing on TV where you get a lot of little things that there's no way to see from uh, even whenever we were like 15-20 rows back so yeah Oh, Phoenix's, really Phoenix's mask allows you to see his eyes and his mouth but it's kind of like Ray Mysterio yeah, but it's like say something you can pick up on TV but you're not going to pick up as a yeah. live crowd as much And uh, but, but the Bucks were fucking great <laughs> Bucks were great Pentagon's got so much charisma I, I see when he's doing the Zero Miero stuff again and again and again it's like God, I, I, I loved the um the, the pre-match stuff where the Bucks have got the belts right in the face yeah, getting right in their grill first fucking match on the card where they you know these guys are fighting over something this actually matters this is Whereas, a contest you know, yes yeah. this is a contest in a totally different way to the Cody Dustin thing where the victory loss didn't really matter it was the emotional spectacle this these guys are fighting over these titles and it really was the only match on the show where the competitiveness was really burned through to that level mm, yeah hell forget the show it's probably the match I've seen in a long time because <laughs> it's not like any of the WWE title matches ever feel like anyone gives that much of a shit about the belts anymore so yeah 
Fucking, that Rick, was cool. Too. Rick Knox doing the thing with the holding the belts and saying, doing the, the ring, yo, hey guys, this is for the tag team titles, yo, bring your best and let's do it, kind of a thing. Like, the little touch, the little touch of just, okay, we do, for this match, we do this, because it's a bigger deal and it's important. And it's like, it fucking makes you feel like you're watching something that's worthwhile. And then when they have performances like that, you really feel like you're watching something that's worthwhile. So uh, the books were great, uh, lovely synchronization on some of the stuff that came off great on television. Um, and yet, in the end, the books win, which I was somewhat surprised by. Yeah, I'm surprised, especially uh, because in their triple A titles, and um, you, know, you think they're gonna mm. probably don't want Ryan too much because you're gonna be bringing in your own belts. Yep. So how they, they use? Well, that. When, when you're working with another company's titles anyway, you might not necessarily have a well, full choice of what you're gonna be doing. No, that's true. I, mean, I was thinking as well. There's, there's no rush to have tag titles when you can use the triple A tag tag mm-hmm. titles, and you can. <laughs> they're s- over. Exactly. It doesn't matter, <laughs> does it? They're, 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 they've established these two teams with the best in the world, fighting over a set of tag team titles. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's just yeah. when it's time, you just they go one way, and then you put the belts on the others, and whatever unification. I don't know. Whatever you do. Um, it was no so yeah there's no rush to get your tag titles which is great um, it was just great great business really fantastic was. match really really yeah. good uh, and I guess the only thing we have left is the main event so Chris Jericho Kenny Omega Alpha versus Omega 2 Jericho's entrance is great live I do like the uh, Luke I think you were kind of uh, wavering on the uh, evolution of Jericho I like the idea I, I just feel that because they didn't have access to the music and a few other little things that would have really pushed it over the edge and, and the music cutting and the lighting was all a bit clunky it felt like they'd only rehearsed it maybe twice you know what I mean I just the idea was really really sweet I don't think it quite worked if I'm honest but oh, it's fine and then Kenny just kind of walks out and does the uh, gets the pyro for his, for his gun can we stop and say how great pyro is can <laughs> yeah. we ju- I'd forgotten how much <sighs> pyro can add to a show there's plenty of ballyhoo, plenty of pyro. It was great. It's, it is great, though. It really makes a difference when you watch you, again Pentagon and Phoenix when they come out and the fucking flames are bursting live. It's like these you know, the guys got their swag and their thing. They go go to the ring. It's like they it just helps everyone look yeah. like stars. It's amazing. We're going to use that word a lot tonight. It's folks. true. Have you noticed? It's true though because it's fucking. This is the thing that drives me crazy about WWE. No one there, as good as they are, no one's a star. No one. Even oh, come on, fucking there's... Brock Lesnar um... comes off like just another guy. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> All of Raw. them do. Yeah, sure do. All of them do. No, you, you can't make a star in, in that company. Your, ner- your world titles are nerds. Yeah. Uh, your the IQ collective IQ of the roster is the equivalent of some kind of. I don't want to be offensive to David Flair. Oh yeah, let's go back. <laughs> oh, it's just I, I put on that show on Monday to see what they did in response, and I just fuck you, and <laughs> turned it off. <laughs> fuck you. I'm done. I'm done with them. I'm done with them. I'm fucking. I was stuck awake because I was still jet lagged and thrown. I was picking Liam up from the airport the next day, and so I'm sitting there and I thought, okay, you know what? While I'm sitting here, I'll watch Double or Nothing back. And while I'm watching that, I look over at the clock, and oh, it's coming up to 1am. I'll put Raw on next to me. So, I literally have my screen playing AEW and my iPad on the side playing Raw simultaneously. And um, as Liam will tell you, I could only give the most basic outline of Raw because I don't think it ever grabbed my attention for even a fucking moment except for the ridiculous bullshit. And there was a fair amount of ridiculous bullshit, but not the kind I want to remember. The kind I'd rather purge from my brain. Mm. Fucking dog shit. God damn it. Yeah. Absolute fucking dog shit. (laughs) I hate it. (laughs) Competition, Kieran. Competition. They're not in competition with AEW. (laughs) Trust me. (laughs) Fuck Vince. 
Reigns. <laughs> oh, God, oh, they're, st- they're still they trying to compete with TNA. It all makes sense they, now. AEW needs someone to talk like that. They need maybe it's MJF, but you want to, you want to front. They need they need an attack dog for Vince. Yeah, that character would get over so much. If, if they want to turn MJF face, have him as an attack dog on Vince to just everything. Call him the, the piece of shit that he is, and that he fucking he's a, he knows his sins, and he thought he wasn't gonna fucking. You weren't, he wasn't scared about being judged in the afterlife when you thought you'd get away in this one but your fucking the last years of your life are going to be a living hell as your company you built crumbles around you fuck and everyone going fuck you yeah. hey, hey, they lose their I, shit I think Moxley's taking notes at this point he won't he, he won't do it because his wife still works so. oh that's yeah. true they need uh, someone, someone someone who's tight with them who's not thinking five years time I might need to go and get a job with WWE that's a good point you need the vitriol that'll come through though you need somebody yeah it's a tough there's spot there's options there's options there's a tough spot um, Kenny and Jericho I thought again better on TV. Way better on yes, TV. Definitely. Live, yeah, yeah. this felt uh, on the night. On the night, the word disappointing was banded around. Yes, just yeah, open absolutely, table absolutely. Because we thought, you know what, the magic didn't feel like it was in the air for the last third of the match. Jericho, Jericho, live is great. Again, just carries himself so well, and you can just see, you can almost see his gears whirring as he walks oh, around the yeah. ring and just interacts with certain things that are around the cracker barrel shit was great <laughs> where he throws the bat out of the ring and he's like screaming at the ref and gesticulating wildly like what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> and then yeah the, 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 the Jesus in the crowd yeah. who's giving him the finger I'm not sure if that got captured on I think you could see him briefly on the uh, the oh, video no, they should, they should. and then you could hear the uh, let's you know, let's go Jesus or whatever it was chant from the fans and Jericho's there and at one point they're chanting this is awesome and Jericho just mouths fuck off <laughs> yeah that was the you know what that was the only thing about the crowd that bugged me on the whole show was that this is awesome I I, I I actually thought about this this morning on the drive to work which was it's you know it's become part of the vocabulary now because when you're sitting in that crowd and, and the show is that good you do want to express it and that's the method of doing so these days but you go back in time you look at like a, a rock triple H you know match. what we yeah. did everyone did during the Dustin Cody match we stood on our feet for seven fucking yeah. minutes yes we did that, I know and that's because everyone cared it's yeah. another way of doing it but you go back in time you see like a, a rock triple H match or something and when people were really into that really into that they chanted Rocky yeah okay they're just standing screaming yeah. or, or if it's the heat and they're really into it they're chanting fuck you Hunter you know what I mean either way they are chanting something relating to what the fuck is happening instead of this generic phrase that is so fucking meaningless. Mm. But it, 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 in this case, every time on the show, it was legit. Mm. These people felt that sensation, but it's the fact they don't have the vocabulary anymore. And, and, and that's part of the problem with AEW is that, you know, if you're feeling that, you should be chanting Kenny. But in this day and age, we don't want we, do, uh, we don't want to neglect Jericho because we love him as well. So we can't chant Kerry or uh, Kerry. Yeah, why Kenny. not? Uh, the Von Erickson back, folks. It's a, <laughs> that's one of the rumors. Um, but no, we can't chant. Didn't we can't get that chant, from Dave, by the way. <laughs> Absolutely. So we're hearing the Von Erickson coming to AEW. Um, but no, it's it, you, you. These people mentally don't want to shout for one guy because they, they want to respect the whole match which is so deluded in the way they're thinking and I, it's, it's it's starting to really claw at the back of my mind so the match gets going and uh, our boy Kenny is, uh, is working hard gets a broken nose from what looked on the t- you couldn't really tell what it was live but uh, on tape he just got a boot in the face <laughs> yeah it's a boot in the face quite, quite obvious on the tape um, very early as well and he's in a lot of pain he doesn't seem to be enjoying he's things on, yeah, for a while yeah trouble seeing and uh, 
I think Marvis. I think it was Marvis. Good call. He said, "Better not blow his nose, otherwise his eyes will swell up." Yeah, so good call. All right, it's what happens because yeah. I was thinking yeah. before that, blow your nose, so your eyes will swell up because you get away with yeah, work it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, again, did come across a lot better on TV. These last two matches, okay. So Dustin and Cody just was perfection live and on tape. It took the emotion away from the second match, from the books match, but they were so spectacular. That give that oh, Phoenix's fucking springboard hurricane rana thing, the up and down. I, I know, still don't know how that worked. I've I seen that multiple times now. I, don't get <laughs> I know it's the previous match, but there's so many fucking cool things in that match that I actually enjoy. It, but it just pulls you back. It just pulls you like what? Well, just one of them was like, fuck me, that spot was absolutely out of this world. Anyway, yeah. Kenny and Jay. No, yeah. So if if the emotion was with Dusty and Cody and just the pure thrills was the books and uh, and the Lucha Bros. This has a really tough act because it's not going to touch it either in terms of either. one of those aspects, yeah. um, and it did feel like that live. It felt, it did feel, not anticlim- it did feel anticlimactic live. It wasn't. It, it could have been. You, you just wanted. It could have been. You wanted it to be even better than the other two, and to really cap off this incredible yeah. show. But you on wanted TV, to hit that next yeah. gear that is at the level. But on TV, it came across great. I really enjoyed watching it back. So, um, mm. and the, the, the crowd was loud still, so it didn't. That didn't distract. It just. It didn't. In the, being there live, it didn't have the heart and soul or pure excitement as the previous two matches, but it was still still a really really good match. It was indeed. Kenny was working his bollocks off uh, at one point. Falls on a fan. That barricade that he's jumping on, by the way, live was wobbling all over the fucking yeah, we, place. We thought he was going to die there. Yeah, that was that didn't look good. Um, the double stump on the table, the spinal double stump to the floor was awesome. The dive to the floor with the table was awesome. Jericho was great with his little fucking heel shenanigans hijacking the camera and doing the rock cam <laughs> and uh, again just being the fucking the bully prick um, it's just some again some great stuff every, every, you know, most everything they did looked really good but then it kind of starts to fall I want to say fall apart it's an exaggeration but there's certainly there's an element of smoothness that was missing and it was rumoured to me the next day that Jericho cancelling his podcast was actually because he had a concussion from uh, one of the knees Kenny gave him right near it's the possible. end which would explain a little bit of sloppiness uh, yeah. with the I mean, look, if you've got a guy with a broken nose and another guy with a potential concussion, I mean, <laughs> you know exactly how that match is going to go, and yet that this dead match did go better than that. Yeah, than yeah. Expect. Yeah, so uh, the... Well, it, yeah, I mean, at least it came across super physical. It was... Oh, it was super physical. It was a legit match, yeah. yeah, so... Yeah. Well, one guy got a broken nose, the other one might have and, a concussion. Yeah, I'm going to go with physical. Yeah, yeah that's that could, Yes, but rather than sloppy. Sloppy. Yeah. You can be sloppy and physical. Exactly. I've been sloppy and physical my entire <laughs> life, sir. Yeah, real real crisp, hard-hitting stuff here. Good for the most part. I didn't get to build to the crescendo because I think the, the ebb and flow of what they were doing... There were a couple of things where Joko did like a line salt that pretty much missed, but he wasn't mm. supposed to miss it, so he did another one. Uh, that the, the, angel, the, the one-winged angel into the DDT that they kind of fluffed, and then they redid the spot from Russell Kingdom, which was the finish, so that he could get to it again. Uh, and then again the out of nowhere Judas effect that pretty much had to be the finish but I don't think anybody yeah. thought it was going to be and well, then it's I, like, I, oh it's over it was quite hard to see as well because you know even from our position we were hard cam we were relatively okay but I can imagine there's a lot of places around that ring where it would have just looked like a normal strike because he kind of he starts relatively he did close level him, oh no he does he fucking leveled him with that elbow but I mean it, it definitely there was a good percentage of that crowd that did not see that coming yeah yeah, yeah. and it's just it was just 
it's great because you know where it's going where that back elbow is going to end up being like one of the most over moves in the company probably because oh, going to beat yeah. top guys with it it's like oh this is so glorious you got the fucking Lucha Brothers do like a Canadian Destroyer on the apron followed by another one in the ring and people just pissing their pants and Jericho's going to get this fucking back elbow over <laughs> it's amazing but uh, yeah so really it was a really good match and uh, they both came off great Jericho I'm glad they went with this decision I did think that I was actually surprised in the sense that it felt like this was going to be Kenny the, the real showcase he's our top babyface type of thing but with a long range vision this is the best thing to do absolutely belt Jericho I'm very torn on it because in principle yeah that's abs- uh, it's absolutely the right the right call but principles only ever, ever servant to the reality and I think Kenny needs to be absolute the tippy top one of the, the marketing points of this company needs yeah. to be we've got Kenny Omega and he's the best in-ring talent in the world and you need to showcase that yeah it just feels like it's going to be okay so they're one on one yeah, Kenny's going to yeah, chase yeah. him and he's going to beat him and that's going to be the just, story yeah I mean it's fine I'm just yeah. as long as I keep that soul that soul needs to be there because well, that's yeah. one of the important things to bear in mind is that it definitely felt like they were playing that it's one on one now thing and they got away with it with the crowd who knew that kind of thing at the show but I mean all these new people tuning in for the first time aren't going to have that depth of knowledge no, handy and exactly. it's not the most accessible wrestling match to get a hold of the first one no. you know what I mean it's not something that you can pull I don't doubt you could pull that up on YouTube in five seconds I'm sure there might be some rip off version of it on there but point is it's not the it's not the YouTube crowd you need to hit that's, that's it though the, the people won't go and do that research yeah but at, at, this, at this position right now they're not servicing the new audience just yet even yeah. it's their first show it's... I don't know I think yeah, I mean you, you look at the the people doing like the AEW search and stuff like that as you were saying uh, on Raw and bits and like that they are going to be pulling a lot of new eyes on them for this show they did and that match is the only match where it does stand alone okay but it does much better if you've seen the previous match it's Mm -hmm. playing off because there are several bits that do play off indirectly yeah my my argument would be relative to how important is to protect him when it's on TV and it is your rolling promotion eyeballs on this retrospectively if people are searching for it during Raw it's because they're not aware of it yet and so the people who've bought it are people who've probably followed the I, me and you are probably the only people who've never watched Being the Elite who was in that yeah, building yeah, you're almost certainly correct so so it's in the Meltzer kit <laughs> yeah so it's, 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 it's all relative at that stage um, so it's more important when, when the new eyeballs are being driven towards it with the TV mm. that, then it's a different uh, it's more important but. but it's still it made a fair point at the end of the day that yeah you know Jericho went over clean and all that and it, it gave it more of a sporting feel I mean if, if you're going to have Jericho over, going over which is damn the right move then and it's your first big pay-per-view then clean is the only good option if you're trying to display your product as they were so yeah fine great let's see where they take it and if this was WWE I would now be saying and they're gonna fuck it up <laughs> and it's weird to go and they're probably gonna be fine yeah, <laughs> it's so strange to that's the thing I, just because of like how they tell their story you know, the, again the being the elite guys are the ones who are doing the crave I have no doubt that this is actually gonna go where it should yeah. I don't the, the only thing that I will they be able to sustain okay Kenny doesn't lose from now on and Kenny looks ace from now on but he's got one loss on his record and it's Jericho who's the champion Perfect. it's like that, if they do that it's like I, I, I feel like they're going and in WWE I, he that's really exciting <laughs> that's really exciting no it is but the same is true of um, of like 
look at Dusty and Cody at the end of that with the tag thing. Mm-hmm. It's like if WWE did that, I'd be like, oh, what the fuck are you doing? But then Kieran, you know, Kieran leaned in on this one and just laid out, well, here's what they're going to do with it. I'm like, yeah, absolutely, you're fine. There's with this company. It's so weird to have faith and trust in the wrestling company because you can have that in indies, but indies are kind of uh, even for the best will in the world. Uh, sometimes, oh, that guy can't make the next show and fucks up the whole fucking thing. Mm. Whereas AEW, <laughs> did that hit a little close to home there? Yeah. <laughs> I said a flashback. Well. <laughs> but in this case, it's like, no, these guys are locked under contract. The guy's in control, know what they're doing. And you make it through a show like that and you haven't got anyone out with a long-term injury after that level of competitive jumping, kicking, whacking the fuck around. I think that's hard to recover as well, man. That's the thing! It's all that as well. So it's like, it, it, at the moment yeah there's a good reason to have faith yeah so after the cautiously a- outcome of the match Jericho's doing his promo begging for a thank you and us hard camera side can see barreling down the stairs oh it's Dean Ambrose <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking Dean Ambrose there he is and uh, and the, it finally picks on the video wall the crowd fucking goes this crazy this didn't come across on TV no, no not even close no 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 it, 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 it felt like the crowd was muted somewhat Absolutely. at one point I think we blew the mics out as loud as the we will rock you in the women's yeah. match was this was like ten times the way it grew throughout the building yeah. as it, the you rumble you could see it spreading as yeah. he moves closer yeah it was as more people were catching on because you know the nice thing about Jericho in that exact spot is you tend to look at Jericho and so instead of everyone seeing it immediately Jericho was still doing shit with the crowd so a good chunk of the crowd was still looking at him and it spread beautifully I, I you, you'd never see that anywhere whereas WWE have had a camera on Ambrose immediately be on the fucking Titan drop yeah they had it ready and perfect fuck the whole fucking thing it wasn't it was just this was natural yeah. you know it just flowed and, and again Jim Ross oh, he's just, hey 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 <laughs> yeah. awesome oh he was a happy man so he comes in he lays out Jericho everyone goes crazy and the fucking man he's got charisma <laughs> oh, yeah. man has he got charisma and poise and the fucking movements and everything it's like this guy is the Don <laughs> he's so fucking ace in this just letting him be it's like just let him be when he was in the shield there were times when he had that that little bit that innate quirkiness that made him charming and made him fucking cool and he had it here again and it's just it's so good to see it back in him and again breathing it in when he <laughs> DDT's the ref and I like the fact that again goes to do it on Kenny Kenny fights back that was yeah. fucking great it's like oh because it was like oh, he's going to do it to Kenny because that might get a mixed reaction not sure what that's going to be like and then it ends up with a brawl with the fucking the fight on the poker chips and yeah. throws them off and it's like that's one of the things that I got to hear from uh, some uh, non-fan non-fan friends of mine who were fans but checked this show out because they heard some buzz was this is like the WF in 2000 because you got blood and you got the red hot crowd and it's basically it's obviously not like the WF in 2000 <laughs> but it's got elements that they associate with wrestling when they loved it well, it's, it's like, good it's good <laughs> it's got the, the good bits you remember without the you're a faggot chance that you try to forget <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and of course the reason I mentioned the fact that things are so good is because it leads to the great payoff at the end of the show of our good friend Dave Meltzer telling his son's girlfriend 
It's not usually this good. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I, I thought you said that to his son. No, no, oh, his he's son's girlfriend. Yeah. He's trying to explain. He's like, he's talking about like it being like a, a second show, yeah. and he's just like, just so you know, it's not always this good. <laughs> and we just fucking lost it. It was fantastic. Yeah. So, an awesome, yeah. awesome show. I don't think that this could have been. I mean, there were little things, I'm sure, production-wise and commentary-wise, that could have been tightened up. But the feeling alive was that this was a very, very, very good show. Probably the best show I've ever seen live. Definitely not. Probably the best match I've ever seen live. Yeah. 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 And that's just spectacular. Yeah. So now we're in this position where AEW is is rocking and rolling. We're going to get the drip feed of shows over the next few months. And we'll be flying out to all of them on Liverpool's <laughs> time. <ladies laughs> <and gentlemen>. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean... Yeah, dude, a- dude, seriously, if you get booked to Starcast 3, we're not going to New Japan. We've already bought the tickets. But we can sell the tickets. Sell the tickets. They'll pay for my flight. <laughs> oh, see? Yeah. Dude, oh, we got to go to Chicago to watch Punk. Oh, is that a spoiler? <laughs> See, you people, people are going to think that we got that from Dave now. That's Kieran's hypothesis, ladies and gentlemen. Well, Nothing more. Yeah, but I can see the future. So. Rastling profit, indeed. <laughs> but yeah, in terms of like what you would like to see from AEW, Kieran, we were talking about maybe Dustin getting a, a, a one last run push. Oh, I love. I've all. I said since the Sean return back in wherever he did O2. in the Brian Pants and the Bob. Yeah. Um, I've been dying for the the gunslingers one last shot at the title kind of kind of storyline they never do it uh, WWE is obviously impossible for them to do it I've given up hope of them doing it but this company with Dustin's his facials and his selling and, he, and, and their storytelling ability and their video packages it's going to be it would be absolutely wonderful to go up against a heel Jericho to get some heat on him by beating him that's magic yeah that's magic I mean are they going to I don't I don't have no idea what the plan is for Dustin but He's so valuable to him to, 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 to be able to present a main event storyline narrative and then and get it over. Oh, just roll with it. Luke, if you were booking, what would you like to see? Oh, man, I want them to surprise me. You know what? I don't want them to surprise me. I want to keep doing what they're doing. Okay? I mean, I want to see a more fulfilling tag division because we haven't really got a feel for that yet. You know, yeah. you've, got, you've got a great tag match on the show. Obviously, you can do stuff with SEU and, and those guys, technically, but, you know, your only other tag match on the show, neither of them is going to come across as competitive yeah. with, with your main tag team. So, and considering that's something they said they want to put the focus on, I kind of want to see where that goes because there's a lot of potential out there for people they can bring in for that kind of thing, but I want, you know, to see what they stay do. See it fully formed. Yeah, I'm, I mean, the only wet place that I'm cautious on, because I fully believe they'll do that, and I really look forward to seeing it. And I, I, I can't. I, I think the show made it clear who they're building around and all that, and that's great as well. The only thing I'm mildly cautious about is after the show we had a little kind of rah rah session with mm. Cody and the books, and they, and they went on on a very long thing using the, the the terms of you know you did this, everyone. We're, we're a family, and we're this and we're that, and, and the very dangerous line: yeah. we will never let you down. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, Easy. in this day and age with the internet, that's how you breed a really toxic fan base of we're the true fans mm. and the casuals aren't. That's risky. Mm. Because that, that you could absolutely do that in the ECW era. Mm. You know what I mean? That's perfectly fine. But now with the internet era and how Twitter works and, and all this shit, you're going to end up maybe making a division of... of, of the, the true fans and we're the family we were there at the start you don't deserve to be watching this now two years down the line and I'm a little nervous about that uh, but hey you know what 
uh, fuck other people watching wrestling and what they say about it because I ain't reading their fucking Twitters anyway. I'm just <laughs> yeah. watching the shows. So good times. Yeah, uh, it's very interesting. We were talking on, I believe it was Saturday night, about what you would do if we were Vince. And obviously, <laughs> Vince did not come to pass. Vince had a much different point of view <laughs> yeah. than us, folks. He did have a much different point of view. But you did have an interesting theory, Kieran, that I wanted to kind of uh, touch on here. The idea of if you were Vince, how would you deal? Do we uh, do we even publicise this? Because I don't want him to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should. I, I don't want to say him, it. I don't it's all right. Much. It's Vince Russo that's listening. Oh yes. Yeah. Well, they're going to react eventually. He's gonna he's gonna do no, he's gonna do nothing for a while because they're they're obviously lackadaisical and they've established that. But when they decide to react, they'll they'll try and do something. <coughs> the problem they've got the biggest the poisonous thing for them at the moment is the, the attitude in their own locker room mm-hmm. and the fact that everybody we might as well say this now every, oh, yeah, everybody's yeah. inquired according to Mr. Melzer everybody but four people yeah he said you will not believe the amount of people who have inquired there are only four that have uh, kind of staying put he's pretty much said but was it the exception of Brock Roman. Cena, AJ, AJ, uh, I think he said Daniel Bryan. Bryan, right? yeah. Yes, he said Bryan. That, that was that was f- yeah. five guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, Everybody else has, has made inquiries. Yeah, including him with the big bus. <laughs> including well, you probably wouldn't expect. So, if you're Vince, how do you counteract? How, how do you counteract this? You can't you, give your rah-rah speech in the locker room, uh, your pep talks, which everyone sees through, and it probably just it's, it's just wind them up even more. It's creating a more toxic atmosphere. The avenue they're going down, working the boys. No, that's a bad idea. <laughs> no shit. And I'm thinking, well, how do you pop their balloon somewhat and also whip your own guys into shape? So my solution, if I were him, would be a flooding the market with ta- your average talent. Your guys who are not going to make stars. Give them releases. Yeah, use it as a, to, to purge your own rosters and, and get you use it to get your own ship in order a little bit. But fundamentally, you're flooding the market with guys who think they can go to AWA. AWA might have had interest in... AW. Sorry, what did I say? AWA. AWA. Sorry. All elite. All elite. All elite. Conditioning myself. Flood the market. So flood the market with these average talent, mid-range guys who they can't... It's impossible for them to pick up all of them. And they shouldn't... If they do then that's fucking toxic for them because then they become WWE lights with these average guys a whole roster of guys who aren't if they start filling up their mid card they're opening battle royals with all tied villages say and then you sprinkle them up, in the mid, up, up and down the card that's toxic for them and it's it, it's 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 TNA and also what that does it drops the, puts a question mark in your own talent's mind because you're not necessarily going to get deals and so maybe we should shut the fuck up because I'm not necessarily wanting to get fired unless they've told me we'll bring you in and and at that position you're limiting it's, limiting its top guys so my solution if I was Vince from a business not even a business in terms of a talent management point of view would be to consider who you want to get rid of and flood the market with average guys yeah David told me the next day that the original plan when they had Pack was for the title match to be Ambrose versus Jericho which I think may not have been the best thing to energise the fan base worried that it's two WWE guys well evidently not no and you'd lose obviously that would have probably put Jericho in the, the Battle Royal which means no, Ambrose oh, uh, oh no, sorry I'm in the wrong area yeah, Ambrose in the Battle Moxley Royal Moxley would have been in the Battle Royal which once again you wouldn't have had such an ending to the show so I mean you've got, well, you would but it wouldn't have had the same impact no Still, would have, I, I, I think it worked out better this way all things totally considered totally did but um yeah 
Uh, they, they're going to have to be careful either way when it comes to trying not to come off as WCW. You know, that, that period of WCW mm. where everyone's being snatched up and stuff. But, you know, at the end of the day, the guys they're building around, um, you know, the Bucks, Omega, you've got plenty of guys who've never touched WWE, never been tainted, I should say, yeah. by WWE. And then again, you know, you get rid of the average guy as well. On that list uh, a couple of years ago, would be Cody. So who knows what you can do with an otherwise that's, average yeah, guy that. who that's isn't the, Ty Dillinger. That's the brilliance of it. All the guys who want out and are not letting go. Harper, who is basically oh, in, as yes. you were told. The Revival, who are going to be yeah. there and have already made Holy up their shit, minds. I'd love to see Revival in Box and Luger. That's going to be so great. And it's like the one they just let go was Dustin. Yeah. They didn't think it was going to be a big deal. <laughs> well, that's the, the, the risk of the Maxis. This is that's it. Do you give him Austin and Foley? Are you actually going to give them? Yes, that's exactly the connection. But if you flood up, if you flood it, yeah, from a business point of view, they kind of they, they just basically you put them under a little yeah, bit of stress yeah. straight away. Mm. So, but I hope he doesn't do that because I don't want Vince to win. I want Vince to go out of business. There we go. I can guarantee Vince is not listening to you right now. <laughs> Vince doesn't listen to anyone right now. Exactly, and that's why he's going to go out of business. Yeah. It's he's a, gonna lose his TV. You fucking, they'll lose the TV. This right, we've been saying this for a long time about the ratings going down. How okay? So here's the thing. I remember probably about three, four years ago, and I mentioned this because it always sticks in my head. You saying in five years this business is gonna be in its ass yeah. because you saw no sign to return around and that things were gonna go the way pretty much they've gone for WWE mm. and that the indies would get scooped up like they have done. Mm. The the outlier that we didn't see coming was AEW actually becoming. How could you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, it had been twenty years. Well, at that point, fifteen years. It's a freak, it's a freak because of the cons. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Well, that's a funny thing. So um, we always said we always said on this show the only way a company TNA was never going to succeed, Ring of Honor was never going to be a big deal. The only way it could ever work is if a billionaire puts in the yeah. money for it to immediately be big and to create a groundswell immediately and which get, is so hard and get your own exclusive roster as yeah. well oh, we hit that God, home yeah. time and time again you can't be sharing your exclusive top guys anyways. which which is a fear because obviously New Japan is getting a slice of, they're getting Jericho and they're getting Moxley who's mm. going there as well they want Kenny obviously mm. so it's like there is that where it's like okay you gotta be a little bit careful here you want, you want this to be your exclusive place to see these guys ideally but again from a TV perspective in America it's a different yeah, kettle fish it's barely going to make a difference for, the, for the casual fans it won't make a difference so yeah it's, it's such an interesting time I'm so fucking looking forward to seeing what happens in October and uh, yeah I guess I'll just close to the floor for any final thoughts I'm just glad it worked you know um, me too the Observer uh, the, 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 they threw up a retro Observer this week um, which was the first mention of Jeff and Jerry Jarrett's new plan it was like 2002 <laughs> it's literally it's, it's, if you go when this is posted it'll probably be the, the most recent retro Observer and it's the first time that the Observer really talks about the whole plan with TNA and there is no optimism in what Dave writes he's like immediately this isn't going to work. <laughs> uh, no, you, seriously, it's, it's a great read. I, I recommend it to everyone because there's not even a pretend, a, any kind of pretense of any kind that this will be a great competitor. This will be this. It's. I mean, obviously, back then it was working on the pay per view model and all this other. Well, that's it. So I remember planning for this. It. This was the month. That is. The, that is the month I started subscribing to the Observer. Oh, so I've got the back issues from this point on in my bedroom over there. Breaking down the loft roof, right? Yeah, now. It's stacked up. Pretty much, but. I remember that issue where he basically just says they're going to do weekly pay-per-views and I don't know how in the world they're going to make this profitable. Exactly. Pretty much. There's like There's a, diff- a fundamental difference for me. TNA was a company made by guys, for guys, who couldn't get into the WF. 
when the business went down to one company. This now, All Elite, is a company of guys who don't want to go to WS. That's a really good point. And, it's, and, and that's, that permeates down through the fans. It's so the, the heart of this company is so similar to ECW at heart, at, mm. at its heart. But it's got the TV deal of a WCW. It, but it's got... It's, and the money of WCW. Yeah, come on. I'm going to be really interested to see how it goes because, <laughs> you know, on. a lot of that ECW stuff, there's a lot of, like, anti-WWF at the time, you know what I mean? Mm. Whereas now, I think it's more apathy from the fan side of things. Yeah. It's like, don't get me wrong, I'm sure there are plenty of people on the AW roster who are fanatically anti-WWF in their own way because of their own experiences. But I think from the fans no one was there was no fuck you WWE chance or anything like that on the show it's just a non-fucking factor yeah. you know if they hadn't have done the throne gag then it would never have come up in any yeah. fans minds because WWE is such a nothing who the fuck cares and no that, fuck that cares. fucking roster that they've got right now on WWE and nobody gives a fuck no, oh it breaks my heart it's incredible and it doesn't even matter it might as well be WCW in 1999 yeah. you know but yeah so Enthused is, yes. is, is the perspective. Uh, a nuts weekend with Starcast. Thank you very much to anybody who watched the uh, Crazy Like a Fox panel uh, on Starcast on Fight TV. Starcast, yeah. So, I mean, we were kind of milling around at Caesar's Palace as we were watching various people walk around. A lot of uh, very strange cameos from just, you know, bumping into Mark Madden and Sean Waltman and DDP and Ernest the Cat Miller. Lots of Sonny Ono in our hotel. Mr. Eric Bischoff. Eric Bischoff, yeah, Eric Bischoff, who I had a clear here, folks. Who I had a word with. Yeah, (laughs) that's that's the thing. Is is Liam has mentioned this to me in passing several times, including on the previous recording of this podcast, but he never got to the point of going into any detail. The laptop broke before you. It did, did, didn't it? So I have been sitting in suspense for almost a fucking week. So get it done. I saw him in the bar, the hotel bar at the Tuscany, where he's sitting on his own. Drinking beers, of course, because where else would you find him? And then he walks out, and he and I'm, I walk off because I'm just passing. I just see him, like, oh, there's Eric Bischoff on his own. Should I? Should I? Oh, nah, you know what? Fuck this. And I go to the elevator because I'm going to go upstairs. And then, of course, walking up beside me is Eric Bischoff, who looks at me, smiles that cheese dick smile that he's got, and sticks his hand out because he, he knows that I recognise him. And I shake his hand, and I hold his hand. And I said to him, I hope you like difficult elevator rides. Because <laughs> this is going to be one. Oh, and he just looked at me quizzically with that, kind of, again, that bullshit smile that bullshit, on his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fucking, I'm going to sell you a car smile. And he said, what do you mean? I go, I'm the person whose book you buried on your podcast. <laughs> and he just looked at me and he just kind of, he kind of his face drops. He gets a little bit fussing and he kind of, uh, but, well, yeah, I, th- I think at the time, I, I think I must have just thought it was poorly written. Well, that's a good. That's good. Uh, he's totally out of danger. And there. I said, "You didn't read it." <laughs> and he says, "I read enough." I said, "You didn't read it." He says, "I read enough." I said, "You didn't fucking read the book." He said, "I read enough." I said, "No, someone sent you notes, and I can tell you right now when you said." And I went through an example on the podcast where he said something that, that oh, the book is bullshit because this is an untrue story. Where it's like, this was a quote from somebody who was there. If you got a problem with the account, criticise the account, fine. Criticising the book when the book's accurate and everybody says it's accurate is bullshit. And he was just like, he had nothing to say and eventually he just said, I see what you're saying. Wow, this convention's really big, huh? (laughs) And just changed the topic. What a wanker. Yeah, and then he asked me how the book did 
and then it was just like eventually it was just like petered off and he said well I've got to go in here for a podcast and I said yeah see ya and he went away and he ran off <laughs> what a bellin yeah what an odious prick but at least I got to tell him no fanfare no one else around me and him one on one oh I think I told him that his podcast was a crock of shit I said yeah that podcast was full, you full of you were full of shit on that podcast was what I said did you get him to sign your copy of his autobiography I'm no sure. oh you should have done that no uh, I'll turn, turn to profit what, yeah <laughs> what, of his autobiography yeah I'm sure probably not <laughs> yeah it's right there with the rocks book but uh hey uh, <laughs> but yeah we had we had a few of them and it was awesome I, meeting Kevin Sullivan was a, a awesome, crack because he was fucking great for, for, obviously for the panel um he was on there and he like I go up to him and he shakes my hand, gives me a big hug, and he's just like, "This guy's fucking great. He's right, charmer. I love this guy." And he's just like talking to me about like, "I gotta send you a copy of a book I read. A first draft a friend sent me. I want to know what you think. It's about 1947 and the mafia." He's just he's just going. He's like he's like completely out of left field. All this stuff with Sullivan. He's just but he's just really interesting. Interesting guy to talk to. Mark Madden had a great crack with. Who's the, I liked on the start the uh, the, panel. the walls crack. Oh, first of all, yeah. <laughs> First of all, when he says, about, you know, he'll forgive you for being a Wolverhampton soccer fan. If I was there, because they, they put the, the time of the uh, of the panel back, so me and Luke, unfortunately, had to fly home. Yeah. 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 If I were there, I think I would have started a Nuno had a dream. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I'm glad I wasn't there. Um, or might I just shout it out, fuck Elton John. 6-0, uh, <laughs> bitch. Anyway, um, yeah, I think I saw the only person, two people, I didn't, I didn't shake anyone's hand, because obviously I couldn't. But I did shake Brian Alvarez's Brian Alvarez's hand, who's tiny, and said, "Hi, I'm Leon O'Rourke's brother." He didn't know. He didn't recognise me or you. Um, <laughs> Which is funny because I saw him <laughs> right. He watched. He was there for the Pullman panel. Yeah. So he came up to me. He's just like, "It's good to hit, good to good to see you again," kind of a thing. Like, you can remember me from the podcast once he'd seen like, oh, right, my yeah. voice and stuff. Yeah. The only other person that actually said anything to was Rikishi. Yeah, the quiche. Yeah. The big man. I just went, alright, big man. <laughs> cool as could be. Yeah. But we did have a fucking shocking encounter oh with the one and only Ed Leslie. Oh, fucking hell. I almost didn't recognise that Hogan's ass on his face. <laughs> I recognised him. Oh, my God. What a creepy bastard. <laughs> Give me a description. I don't like the biggest, sweatiest, greasiest paedophile you've ever seen in your life bear in mind we're in Vegas at the time yeah, so he, he, even then he stands he, out he, he stood out slimy in Vegas man it was wrong <laughs> and he, he he looked at us he slumps he slumped his fat he looked he, he's got a roid gut somehow and he looked at us because we recognised him and he recognised we recognised him and he just looked in pain I think he tried to smile, but he tried to, but it was like his face was really, was really oh, struggling God. to pull the smile across. It's like, yeah, oh, it's like he's he's focusing so much on keeping his sphincter closed that <laughs> if he smiles, other bodily functions just go their own way. So he was just like lumbering along, the gut hanging over the fanny pack. <laughs> It was just like oh, his hair slicked back. It's so it's so weird seeing him at the uh, in the green room at the on at Starcast. I did my panel show to see him and fucking Greg Valentine walk in, and it's like this was the dream team in 1986. And look at him now. I saw, I saw Greg in uh, in the uh, in the restaurant. Oh really? Uh, that morning, yeah. He walked in. Was did it take him 15 minutes to order? No, he walked in, <laughs> fell down the step. Did he really? Looked at the step, looked around, <laughs> turned around. And walked off. <laughs> Should I have the hammer jammer on? It would have been fine. But uh, now, fucking stars, man! Fucking stars! It was just a weird weekend. Seeing these people walking around like that—it's just completely normal. And it's like 
Stevie Ray and Medusa and all these Lita, all these people. Ernest Miller sounded cool as fuck. Oh yeah. Where's Sonny? Where's Sonny Ono? <laughs> right next to you, mate. Book T driving past looking like a fucking million dollars. Yeah, he's great. Well, he uh, probably wasn't any rich person there, to be fair. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was just the weirdest thing in the world. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing in the world that the, the green room was just like all these people are doing the rounds because obviously in the green room is just wrestlers. It's all the wrestlers shaking their hand, and I'm like a complete stranger. <laughs> like, why the fuck am I in here? Like, and then like as he's going around, he's like, "Here's Ricky Morton saying hi. I'm Ricky Morton." I'm like, "Who the fuck you are? <laughs> you don't know who I am." Like, you know, it's just really strange. But it was a cool experience. It was great See, to be that's, there. That's why he needs me there because I, I could pretend to be Tony Khan. That's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that would have been a good idea. But hey, wacky weekend. Thanks to Comrade Thompson for inviting me out there, and uh, thank you to AEW for restoring some faith in the wrestling world. So, again, any last words, lads? Have you ever been as happy as this ending a podcast? You know what? When we talk about wrestling for like, what has it been? Like going on two hours, we've been sitting around this table. And you know what? I'm happy and optimistic for the first time since SCG started at the end of the podcast. I can't. I'm not sure I've ever heard I can count on one hand the number of times I've heard you happy and optimistic about anything that is absolutely true in fact to be fair Mm. most times you've watched wrestling together you are very critical and rightly rightly so for the stuff we've watched (laughs) don't get me wrong that's not criticism of you Mm. but I was wondering how you would take to this show Mm. and talking to you throughout the show Luke as it was going on just to see your reactions of like I'm feeling what is Life. this? Joy. What, what is what? this? This is this joy. Is this enjo- I don't understand. It's like wrestling that made us feel something again. Oh, feel something, man. They yeah. make people cry. Honestly, the word epiphany is. I'm, I'm not being hyperbolic. I after that after watching that show, and I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering what, what what's if, next. Why? No, what does, about myself? About my oh. about my, the enthusiasm I've had. I'm like I'm questioning. I'm just I've just I wrote it off as it being me. Mm. You know, you're falling out of it. Yeah, me yeah. just changing and just me. I don't know. I don't know something. Whatever. And then I watched Raw and I went and I, and I th- th- said out loud to myself, "Fuck you! It's not. <laughs> it's, it's not you. It's not me. It's you." Yeah. And like, my, my, it was like a, a fucking headlight shining out my eyes or something that. The world has changed, ladies and gentlemen, and it's going to change more so. It's going to be fucking beautiful. It's terrible timing, though, isn't it? Because I don't remember the last time I watched Raw up until this week. You know, <laughs> it's been a while, and uh, that's what we saw. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. I only watched the AW reference, and I won't be watching it again. Yeah. So. so there we go. That sums it up, ladies and gentlemen. And of course, we will be back on Squared Circle Gazette Radio. I believe uh, 5 for 5 will be the next show we do, picking on more uh, five-star matches as rated by Dave Meltzer historically in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Uh, watching, reviewing, and going through, and obviously we'll be uh, inviting you to watch along with us. So uh, that will be coming up here at SCG Radio. And we thank you all for listening, and we'll be back again soon. So for Kieran O'Rourke. Las Vegas loves a thong bikini, and so do I. <laughs> Good night, folks. <laughs> and for Luke Edwards. Neither wrestling. I am Liam Rock, and we are out of here. Talk again soon. You are beautiful on the inside. You are innocence personified. And I will drag you down and sell you out. Run December snow I have carved out this soulmate